The Creek Church is a community of believers located in Fort Worth, Texas. If you would like more information about the Creek Church, please be sure to visit our website at thecreekfw.com. Today's a great day for you to be here. If you're new to the creek, this is a good time. I get, I get feedback um, about this Sunday um, throughout the year. It's called our State of the Ministry Address. And so we're gonna kind of peel back the curtain, um, open the hood, whatever it is. You can kick the tires. And so uh, we're gonna, I'm gonna give you some information about uh, the wins from 2016 and kind of what that was. This isn't a business meeting. Um, this is just an update so you can understand what you're investing in and what you're ministering in because it's, it's very easy to get in that routine of Sunday to Sunday to Sunday to Sunday, and you miss the impact that God is working in you and through you um, in our community. And so this is a chance for us to kind of step back and really uh, see what God is doing and celebrate what God has done and then look forward to what he's going to do this year. And so uh, this is, we're going into our seventh year and, and I don't, it's just something about the year of seven. I mean, in the Old Testament, you read the seventh year is a year of Jubilee. And I'm just, man, I am just, I'm excited about our seventh year. I have anticipation. I've got just all this expectation. And we've been on the fast and we're almost done. Heather and I are finishing our fast tomorrow. And so I am looking forward to some meat um, and something other than tofu, quinoa. And I don't know if I can say this word in church. Kale. Sorry. That's a four-letter word in my household now. I'm telling you. <laughs> anyway, I, I am excited about year seven of ministry. We started in a game room, moved to a daycare, and now God moved us into here. And so um, I'm going to give you two sets of data. It's called heart data. Those are the heart first people. You know, those are the people that fall in love, and then you got to figure out what you've done. And then I'm going to give you the, the heart data. This, these are some, some numbers, dollars, cents, and all that. And you're like, that's good. And then, then you got to catch up your emotions later. Um, so the, the heart data, um, we were praying specifically about our Engage initiative last year. Um, where we wanted to see just an outpouring of, of salvations and baptisms and people starting to serve and, and see an increase in giving. And so um, we get to celebrate that this year. Um, we saw in 2016, 60 first-time salvations, 75 recommitments, 56 baptisms, and 209 people engaged in serving in the community. Um, those are incredible numbers. Um, and every number, every, each one of those 60 represents a life that has been changed. And we get to celebrate that and honor that. 56 baptisms, those were, those were people that are making a public declaration that I have given my life to Christ and I'm a new person. Um, 209 volunteers is awesome. I will say this, there's still a great need. I mean, so if you have a calling or a passion to work with preschoolers, please see us after the end of the service. This message brought to you by our Creek Kids Ministry. Um, so we, we sent people on mission trips. We, we sent a team to Africa last year, Nicaragua and Canada. And, and, and all of those trips were focusing on church planting and building, building relationships. The way we do a mission trip, we don't come in and say, here we are to fix you. Um, we come in and say, here we are, use us. We're here to serve you. We're here to support you. We put money into these ministries and we put manpower into these ministries. Those are, honestly, those are the two things that ministries need the most, dollars and people. And so we, we just, we show up and we're, we're, in a couple weeks, we're gonna be there with Africa New Life and we're just say, here, use us. What do you want us to do? Um, 
and it is incredible the relationships we get to build. It's incredible. Here's the thing. Here's what we need to understand. The, the, the Western church needs to understand about missions. We don't have it figured out. So how can we go into some other country or some other mission field and think we've got the answer? We as the church need to go in and humble ourselves and learn and get to experience what God is doing in other parts of the world. It's very humbling. Um, locally, we do missions work. Not everybody can go overseas. Not everybody can go out of the country. And we believe missions starts at home. So we do things in our community, agape meals, first Thursdays of every month. Matter of fact, we've got one this Thursday. So if you're not doing anything Thursday night, it's a great opportunity to come down, have dinner with us. We get to sit, sit with um, those that are less fortunate and have a meal for that night people who are living on the streets and and barely able to survive to keep from living on the streets. That night, we get to have a sense of normalcy with each other where all of the worries go away and we get to spend time around a table as a family. So that's an incredible time. Northbrook, 100 kids, almost, I think it was 98 kids, got Christmas last year because you were willing to do something about it. You're willing to engage in the needs of your community. Most of those families, most of those kids that you blessed live in the extended stay hotels on 820, that they are one step away from homelessness. So you just didn't give them toys. You didn't give them clothes. You gave them hope. And that's the greatest thing you can do. Um, so Northbrook Elementary. Community Link is, the, is a resource in our, in our community, our zip code and many zip codes around us. We support them financially. Our staff goes once a month and serves there. We stock shelves. We fill orders. Um, we do some gross-looking stuff, man. I've got a picture. She's not in here. I've got a picture of Jamie, my assistant, that we were sorting rotten apples, and her thumb went through the apple. And I've got a picture of the moment that happened. Use your imagination. She will kill me after service, so don't tell her at all, please. Um, there's two people I can't make upset, Heather and Jamie, because both of those can make my life really, really difficult. <laughs> so uh, we started working with a feeding center in Sansom Park. Once a month, Tractor Trailer shows up from North Tarrant Food Bank, and we help get that out. We're not just giving food, we're giving hope. Um, we have a team of people that, that weekly go to nursing homes to do ministry in nursing homes. There's ministry happening all over the place. You just need to ask, and we can help you get plugged into what that's going on. Um, some, of the, some more of this heart data. You can't put numbers to this, but freedom and reconciliation, we, uh, restoration. We've seen marriages reconciled. I mean, just a couple weeks ago, I had a couple come to me that, that has been separated. It's on and off again, on and off again, and there's just a lot of limbo in that. And, and we've, had, we've had marriages in our church community that, that one or the other has said, I don't love you anymore, I'm done. And we wanna walk with you through that. We wanna help you in that. That's what church is here to do. But I can tell you this, that you, you don't have to walk through any of that by yourself unless you choose to. And unfortunately, we see a lot of people walk away because they're like, I, I don't want people to know about it. I don't, here's what it boils down to, and I might step on some toes with this, but they don't want accountability because they know what they're doing is wrong. But what we've seen through the love and the grace of people in our church community getting their arms around marriages that are struggling, we've seen marriages reconciled. We have seen people that have gone from that extreme end of, I mean, where the divorce has been filed and there's been reconciliation after that. 
Praise God for that. Praise God for the reconciliation. Praise God that, that we're a community of people in this church that are willing to get our hands dirty. Ministry is messy. And it's not just my hands that need to be messy. It's our hands that are messy. We've seen addictions broken. We've seen financial freedom. Financial peace has revolutionized families in our church, our groups and relationships area. There's over 400 people involved in our community ministry. That's through life groups, our Bible study groups, interest groups, <coughs> and just different groups that are, that are going on. So we're 400 people. I love that you have a heart and a desire to be connected in relationships with other people. Let me give you some of the hard data because y'all, the head people are like, yeah, that's great. Lives have changed, lives have changed, but what's it cost? <laughs> hey, church, it's a business, okay? And it's a business that can never have a bottom line that's about a dollar. If the, bottom, if, if the dollar becomes the bottom line in a church, let me tell you what's already happened. The Holy Spirit has left the place. The church is a business where it's about lives and people. That's the bottom line at the end of the day, but it does cost money. Let me, let me share with you some of the faithfulness and obedience of God because it's only when you get to step back and see some of these numbers. I mean, Heather and I were looking at those and going, man, that, that is only God. In 2015, we ended 2015 with an average attendance of 520 people a weekend. Now, when we moved into this facility in November of 2014, we were running about 350 a weekend. So through 2015, we saw stupid growth. It was awesome. We were, we were, we were trying to catch up a lot. And so we thought, well, that's going to settle down. We ended 2016 with an average of 737 people a weekend. I mean, that, so we, we spent 2016. Yeah, you can give God the glory for that, man. What that means, and 2017 has been even, even greater. I mean, we had almost 900 people here last weekend. Um, this service is a, is, a, is a full service. If you don't, want, you don't mind getting up early and going to 8, 8.30, man, there's, there's some room in the 8.30. Um, the 11.30, yeah, there's a little bit of room. But we've seen incredible growth. And, and see here, that, those aren't just numbers. See, here's what that means. People are like, well, well you know, pastors just worry about the numbers. Let me tell you what this means to me. Every number has a name, and every name has a story, and every story matters to God. And, and a 737 number means this, that God trusts us with the lives and the ministry of people in our community. And I love that he does that. I'm not out to fill a room. My goal, my responsibility as the pastor is to make big the name of Jesus. And when I do that, he does all the work. He says, if you'll lift me up, I'll draw men unto myself. And I don't have any ulterior motives of, of, of a full room. Kind of stresses me out a little bit because here's what I know. Over the last couple of weeks, this has happened. And if this was you, I want to apologize and tell you we are, we, we're trying to get relief but over the last several weeks, we have families that have turned, turned around from coming to church from a full parking lot. Or they get in and they get, get into the kids' area to drop their kids off and they see how full it is. And they're like, I, I don't want to leave my kids in there. If that's happened to you, I, I want to apologize. Relief is coming. This year, we've got construction plans in the process. We hope to be finished with construction by the end of this year. 
You got a survey coming in. That cat's out of the bag. I'll talk about that in a second. But let me show you, share with you some of the finances. In, in, in 2015, our income was $705,000, and that met our budget. In 2016, God blew the doors off of it, and the income was $1.2 million. Now, 300000 of that was from our One Church campaign. That's the fundraising campaign to do the construction project that we're getting ready to go into. Our expenses uh, for 2016 were $917,000. We met our budget. Praise God. Let me tell you how difficult it is to manage a budget in a church that's growing like we are. I mean, when you, when you sit at the end of 2015 and go, okay, our average attendance is 520 people a weekend, I mean, we, we, we go aggressive and go, man, we're going to trust God for 20% growth. We saw 42% growth in 2016. That makes budgeting a moving target that is, I mean, we're chasing that bad boy down all year long. And our team, we're frugal, man. We are tight with money. But here's the reality. Ministry costs money. Y'all drink coffee. 520 people drink a certain amount of coffee. 800 people drink more coffee, right? I don't drink coffee. I drink tea. Water's free. It's probably the same price, I guess. But, but here's the reality, man. Minister, as ministry goes, so does that budget. And, and here's the thing. We're a church that believes in giving. We want to be a generous church. We want to be known as a generous church. We want to be known as a church that does their business well. So we pay our bills on time. We try to keep a good name with the people we do business with. But our giving last year for 2016 was over $84,000. That's money that we poured out in the community, in the missions, into outreaches. I mean, that's, that's taking care of people in our community. That's helping get food to people in our community. So I want to be known as a generous church. We're a church that needs to give. See, our giving isn't just individual. If the church has an obedience factor in that as well. So let me give you a budget on how that breaks down. Um, a, a little pie chart for all of our head folk. Um, 50% of our budget is salary. It takes money to have a good staff. And we want to pay our staff well. We want to bless our staff. This year, we're able to offer some benefits to our staff that we haven't been able to offer. So 50% goes to to our staff, and that's a key function of ministry because ministry is about people. 22% goes into the ministry, which means those are the things like QFest. And QFest is on my mind because we've been fasting meat, and I'm ready for QFest. So that's that's the ministry function. 18%. Let me me say this. 10% is just like that's paper and all the other stuff that makes, makes a business run. Um, So general, 18% is what we allocate in our budget. That's what we spend on our budget annually on this facility. That's our mortgage. Um, Yes, we do have a mortgage on this facility. Um, We're much like you at home. We're a young church. We're a growing church. And so we don't have, God has not given us an abundance of finances. What he does is gives us enough to take care of the ministry, do what we need to do. So we do have a mortgage on this. But as you see from that, we're not building poor. We don't have to stand up here going, hey, if people would give to the building, then we could fund ministry. My heart is let's fund ministry and let the building take a back seat. Now, the building is important. That facility is vital. It is a tool for ministry. I look at it like another staff member, honestly. We're going to pay it. We got to pay it, but let's maximize it. And this year, we've got to increase that. Um, We started our campaign for the One Church campaign that's a three-year process. Pledged over those three years was $1.25 million. 
So far, we've had 308 come in. Let me tell you what that puts us in a position to do. It puts us in a position to go ahead and pull the trigger on getting this construction process started so we can get some relief up in here. Now, I, Heather makes fun of me because I'm stuck in 1995 pricing. I mean, I come to the table at these construction meetings and I'm like, you guys are smoking something. You're trying to take advantage of the church. I'm going to stand, I'm going to turn your tables or something. I don't, but so <laughs> um, I'm thinking our project should be about, I don't know, 750000 on the high side. We're looking at $2.5 million project budget. And what that gets us is a two-story on the back side of this facility. Bottom floor is all children's. Get us some relief in children's space. We're not going to finish the second floor because we want to see what the greatest need for that square footage is going to be. We also want to have a commons area, or you might know it as a lobby. I don't want to call it a lobby because lobby indicates this. It's where people stand around. We have a vision for that common space where we're introducing a video element so people can experience the service by watching video. So we, we've, got, we've got moms that are like, you know, sometimes my kid just doesn't, I saw a number come up earlier. Um, who would name their kid UBH? I don't know, that's on you, but whatever. We'll dedicate them anyway. But sometimes kids just don't, can't, stay in the, can't stay in the room. And then you bring them into service and, and you're like, it'd be nice to be able to have the service shown somewhere where we can see it and not be a distraction. So we want a video of them, a place where life groups can come together and your life group can sit together and watch service and be a part of service. You'd be on the other side of the wall. And, and so we want to invest in helping the technology in that area because that, here's what ultimately, I'm just going to level with you, that gets us some relief in this room, that gets us some relief in the areas that are, that are killing us because of space. But you know what? God hasn't called us to stop. And so we're going to keep going. This year, we've got some big plans, big plans of church planting. We announced several weeks ago that, that we're planting, we're launching Trinity, and, and God's laid it on his heart to go to Cleburne, Texas, and so we're investing resources in that. That's a part of our plan this year. We believe in church planting. We've supported it. We're supporting a church plant in, in uh, Gatenga, Africa that I'll get to preach at in a couple weeks. We're supporting a church plant in Nicaragua. It's in a village that they'd never had a church service before until our team went down and built up the, the little, the shelter. We're supporting, do you guys realize that you're giving and us giving into missions into Canada, um, over a dozen churches have been planted in the Toronto area. We believe in church planting and that's gonna be a real focus for us this year because we're taking somebody out of the house and we're setting them up to be successful with the gospel. I believe lives are gonna be changed in Cleburne, Texas. I'm excited about that. I'm excited the, the anointing over Trinity and Cindy and what's going to happen. Um, some of our staffing, we've had to adjust some of our staffing here. So, so Roberta Itelli, she is now our community pastor. We've brought her, we've transitioned her uh, full-time from part-time. And so that 400-plus number of people that are in community, her goal, she wants to see more of that happening. We hired Alec Jacks. Alec is our, our student pastor. He started last week, and I heard him preach this Wednesday night. I'm sitting in the sound booth watching him preach and watching what's happening in our ministry, and there's excitement that's just welling up because there's gonna be incredible things happening in our student ministry this year. I'm excited for our students. I'm excited for the gospel that's poured into them. I'm excited for what's gonna happen through them and through that ministry. So we got construction starting this year. <clears throat> we hope to be finished by the end of the year to get some relief on space. One of the things we're planning, let's go to that survey real quick. We are planning and surveying for a Saturday night service. 
That's going to help us. You can clap. If you're going to, if you're going to come clap, I, I'm, I'm not going to be all pastor like, who's coming to that? Stand up. Let me see you. Praise Jesus. And, you know, like, I'm going to expect you there. I'm going to expect you there. Now, if you got this survey, don't put on that survey. Don't check, yes, I would like to know my church offers a Saturday night. I'm not interested in that feedback. I'm interested in the feedback, how many are going to be willing to come to a Saturday night. Because I'm looking for two things to happen with a Saturday night. Some relief from our Sunday morning crowd and then the opportunity to reach more people. Let me, let me give, a, let me give a, a, a win for our parking ministry. You guys have seen Tim wave at you week in and week out. We had an officer. Yeah. Oh, you in service. We love you. And people know that they're loved. We had a, a sheriff's officer, officer of the sheriff's department, stop. Told Tim one day, doesn't matter what mood I'm in, when I turn down this road, when I see you guys, I smile. And I really wish I could come. To I really wish I could come to church. And Tim's inviting him. Well, come on, man. He's like, I work on Sundays. Let me tell you what God's given a vision for in this Saturday. Yes, relief on Sunday. Well, that's, that's a primary focus, but there are people that their work schedule doesn't allow them to come on Sunday. And you know what? They need to hear the gospel and they need to be in a community. They need to be sitting in a community where they're loved and they're accepted and they come in and we say, welcome home. And so I'm excited about that. So fill out that survey. I love Saturday night service. When Heather and I got back into church, we were like, Saturday was awesome. Our kids were young. We didn't have to fight with them. We didn't have to get them up in the morning. And we'd go to church. We'd go out to dinner. And then guilt-free sleeping in on Sunday, baby. It was awesome. And then God called me into ministry, and that was short-lived. I was like, well, that was nice while it lasted. So our 2017 challenge, I believe this. This is things that I that I, that I kind of communicate and goals with our staff are built around. I want to see 100 salvations this year. I believe God's releasing salvation. I want to see 100 people baptized. And this isn't a pride thing. This is, I believe that this is a year God's going to release a lot of ministry. That's the, that's the word God has put on me for this year is release. I was praying, God, through this fast, God, what do you want us to do as a church? What does 2017 look like for the creek? And this is the scripture. I was reading, I was reading Jesus' prayer in John chapter 17. This is, I love John 17. I mean, we could, we could do a, a year series just on John 17, but, but this verse stood out to me. It was verse 18. This is Jesus praying, but I'm going to back up to verse 16. He says, um, they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And I'm reading this, and the Holy Spirit's like, it's about release. Jesus was released into the world. And now Jesus is releasing us in the world. It's all about release. And I started praying, well, God, what does this mean, release? Is it something I'm hanging on to? <laughs> is there something I need to release? And as, as I begin to pray about it and just, just spend time with God on this word, here's what it means. God's releasing us as a church, and I believe we're going to see ministry at a greater level than we've ever seen. I mean, Ephesians 4 kept going over in my mind that my job as your pastor, as your shepherd, is to equip you to do the work of the ministry. God has incredible ministry represented in this room and 2017 is the year that that gets released. And I'm excited about that. 
I have anticipation about that. And, and see, the only reason I can stand before you and be excited is because God has given us a solid vision. And the state of the ministry of this church, of God's church, is strong. Yes, you're faithful. Yes, you're obedient. And I appreciate you for that. But I'm not here to, to please you. I'm here to please God. And as I please God, you know what he does? He takes care of his mission. He funds it. He funds his vision. I don't have to guilt you about giving. We have giving stations at the back. Maybe that's just for me. Let me confess this. The reason we do those giving stations is I want to see the faithfulness of God. I don't want to put it under your nose every week. But your giving is an act of worship. It's done in secret. And you know, praise God. He takes care of the vision that he gives. And I appreciate that. And this year, I feel that, I feel that release. Go to Luke chapter nine. If you don't have your Bible, we got some on the back tables for you. I just got a quick word here. And this is, this is important. I'm gonna kind of give you the appetizer for tonight. I've had some questions about the Focus 2017, the Focus 17 services tonight and tomorrow night. Not, it's not like Christmas Eve where it's the same service for eight days. Um, I feel that God has given me a specific and a direct word for our church. And it starts with release. And tonight, well, I'm gonna teach you about being prepared for that release. And tomorrow, I'm excited because I, here's what I believe. There are different messages every night. It's a different service. And I believe God has a word for us as a church. I believe God has a word for you that's gonna change your life. And so I, I'm, I've got expectation. Be here. And let's, let's let God do something. But Luke chapter nine is where, where Jesus wants me to kick this off. I just feel like the Holy Spirit has a strong word in this. He says, and he called, verse one, and he, Jesus called the 12 together, that's the disciples, and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. And he said to them, take nothing for your journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, and do not have two tunics. And whatever house you enter, stay there and from there depart. And whenever they don't, wherever they don't receive you, when you leave that town, shake the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. And the disciples, and they departed and went through the villages, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. And as I read this, I mean, I believe the Holy Spirit has something for us in this, that, that Jesus released his disciples in this moment. And this is kind of setting us up for this year. That when Jesus pulled them together, he gave them power and authority. And the, the, the power is the ability to do something and the authority is the right to do it. So he pulls his disciples together and he says, I'm giving you the, the power, I'm giving you the authority to do what I'm calling you to do in my world. And by my authority, you have the right to do it. That the enemy doesn't have rights against you. And so Jesus starts releasing his disciples. What he's releasing is an anointing. I mean, Trinity prayed over us that are going to Africa. And that's a symbolic anointing for us to go. The anointing in, in Scripture is, referred, is often referred to in, in the form, form of oil. And we've, we've anointed some of you and prayed for you. James tells us that if any of you are sick, let him come to the altars. Let us anoint you with oil and pray over you so that you may be healed. And Jesus gives them power and authority to cast out demons and to heal the sick. And the priority of ministry that he's anointing them for is, is to preach the kingdom of heaven, to preach the gospel. See, here, here's the reality. I love that our anointing comes from the Holy Spirit because it means we don't do it under our own power. 
I've got to confess to you, I'm not good enough, I'm not creative enough to lead a church under my own power. I don't even have enough courage to do it under my own power. I mean, standing in front of you, it still scares me to death. And I'm praying, Holy Spirit, fill me. Let it be your words in me, your power. The anointing comes from the Holy Spirit, not from Matt. And the ministry happens because the Holy Spirit is pouring his power into his people. And he's released his people in for his purpose. And God has an incredible purpose for you. He has an incredible ministry for you. Jesus is not only releasing an anointing on these these disciples, he's releasing ministry. Jesus is saying, I'm not the only one that's gonna do ministry. As the pastor of the creek, I'm not the only one standing here to do ministry. if, If it were, there wouldn't be these numbers. I can't lead 400 people in community. But because God spreads that ministry out and he anoints that, you who are life group leaders, I love you, thank you. That ministry is spread out and more people are ministered because you're allowing the Holy Spirit's anointing to work in you and through you to help people connect in family and connect with the gospel. And Jesus is releasing this ministry. He gives instruction on this ministry. He gives them authority over the enemy. He gives them the ability to heal. And he says, and proclaim the kingdom. The priority is always the kingdom. Paul wrote to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He says, the gospel which is of first importance, the gospel is always the priority. And in our ministry, when we're under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, what happens is the person and work of Jesus is made clear because that's the gospel. That's the good news. And so he releases this ministry And God has ministry for you. I know a lot of you wrestle with what is it. Let me tell you, get in our journey classes. Man, they're gonna help you walk through identifying your spiritual gifts. And then it's not just, oh, we know your gifts, yay. We're gonna help you engage in those areas of your giftedness. Because here's what I know. When I work in my area of giftedness, I'm alive, man. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I'm like, I can't believe I get to do what I get to do. I mean, zippity doo dies. is my theme song for the day. But I'll tell you, when I'm operating outside of my giftings, it's a challenge, challenge. So he's releasing ministry. And then what happens ultimately is Jesus is releasing momentum because he knew that when I anoint these guys who aren't perfect, I'm not perfect, you're not perfect. We're all, we're all a mess. Just let's get honest with ourselves a little bit. But when we have the anointing, the Holy Spirit, and we step into the ministry he's calling us to, there's a momentum that begins to build. And see, Jesus, the Savior of the world, the Son of God, was born of a virgin, grows up, launches his ministry, pours into these 12 disciples. One of them betrays him. And he's out of the game, commits suicide. He's out of the game. These 11 gather in an upper room. They appoint another one, Matthias, to be that 12th disciple. Then the Holy Spirit comes on them in the day of Pentecost. And the momentum that is released through that anointing and ministry still cannot be stopped. The church can be persecuted 
and come against. But what happens when the church is persecuted? She explodes. Why? Because there's a momentum from the Holy Spirit that can't be stopped. Jesus told Peter, he says, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That doesn't mean the church takes a defensive stand going, well, hell's coming to attack me. We need to fortify the doors. No, that means, what did Jesus anoint them with? Power and authority. That means when we step into the areas that we do life, when we're released into the world, we step with that authority. We step with that power. And there is no devil in hell. There is no demon that can stand against us. There is no power that that can stop us. And the gates of hell have to fling wide open at the name of Jesus. And what happens is the church steps into the darkness with the light. The church steps into the hopelessness with the hope. The church steps into the lost with the salvation story of Jesus Christ, who gave his life for us on a cross on Calvary. And through his bloodshed, we have hope, we have salvation, we have redemption. And when we come to faith and repentance in him, that Holy Spirit moves in and anoints our life. And let me tell you something, the Holy Spirit's one of those things, you gotta continue to be filled with it. I meet with a lot of pastors and we all have denominational differences and we're different colors and we're different backgrounds, but I love getting together with other pastors because man, we can encourage each other. We can make fun of each other. But I had one pastor ask me, do you believe in the second blessing? And I laughed. He goes, do you not believe in it? Do you think that's funny? I said, let me tell you something. I believe in the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, the thousands, the 10,000s, the 20,000s. I need that anointing. I need that constant feeling. It's like breathing. When I inhale, I want the Holy Spirit to fill me. And when I exhale, I want it to be the ministry that I'm called to be in. And God has called us to that this year. He's releasing us. And I believe this is a powerful year for us as a church and for you. Because it's not just ministry inside these walls that's going to be released. It's ministry outside of these walls that I get most excited about. Because that's where the church steps in, kicks the teeth of the devil in, and busts open the gates of hell and said, you've held these people for far too long and I've come to get them out. And in the name of Jesus, here we go. And I believe God is releasing salvation in our church and our community. We're seeing it happen. Lives are getting changed. So my challenge to you is this. What do you need to release Because we can get excited about getting released and Jesus sending us out. Say, go, you got authority, you got power, go do it. But what do you need to release? Because there are things that we can hold on to that keep us from receiving the fullness. And see, here's what I know. We're a mess, yes, and Jesus works with a mess. But we gotta release all of us to receive all of him so he can release all of us. So my challenge is, what is it that you need to release? Maybe it's sin, maybe it's guilt, maybe it's shame, maybe it's your thought of your success or how good of a person you think you are. It comes down to this. Have you released your life into the hands of Jesus so that his spirit takes up residence so it's his power, his authority that works in you and through you? And I believe God's releasing that. And you don't wanna miss tonight. I can't stress this enough. God has a word for us tonight. And tonight we're gonna talk about what it means to be prepared for that release. 
And tomorrow night, we're going to celebrate some things that are going on. And I believe God has a strong word, powerful word for all of us. We're going to get together. We're going to pray together, worship together. And we're going to let the word of God change us. So we step into this year fully focused and fully released to live the lives he's called and created us to live. Let me pray for us. Father, we love you and we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace and we thank you that that you released salvation to us. That Jesus, you released your blood, your life, so that we could have redemption, forgiveness. If there's anyone in this room, if you've never released your life into the hands of Jesus, then I just want you to pray where you're at. I just want you to say, Jesus, I'm releasing all of me to you. And I'm asking you to save me. I'm asking you to forgive me. I'm asking you to fill me with your spirit. I'm asking you to fill me with your purpose. I'm asking you to release me of myself so that I can receive the fullness of you. And I'm trusting you with this life that you've created me for. Make me new. Make me into your family. For those of us who are in Christ, Father, just help us to be a people of release. That we just release everything we are into your hands. We release all that we think we can be and all that we hope we can be and we receive all that you have for us. We thank you for the state of this ministry, your ministry, that it is strong and that we have seen your blessing released on this church. We've seen your anointing released on this church. We've seen salvation released on this church. We've seen healing, reconciliation, hope, grace, life poured out on this church. And we thank you that you are now releasing us. And I feel so excited about this year, Jesus, for the lives that will stand here in 2018, that when we give this report, that because of our release that you've led us through, we will see more lives in the kingdom and more hope in our community. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Creek Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us, please visit our website at thecreekfw.com. Thank you.